the service take place in difficult circumstances of the pandemic. Many people, more people would have wished to be here because of the restrictions, they are unable to be present, but they send their love and prayers to the family that are here with us. Later, when the restrictions are lifted, there will be the opportunity to have Mass for Mary, and the Mass will be offered for her on Friday morning at 9 o'clock, streamed live from St Bride's. Today we are gathered in this place to recognise the passing of a good life, a woman who lived her life with great generosity and selflessness, a woman who was genuinely kind and transparently good all her life. As things were to turn out, she lived a long life, a simple life in many ways, around her home and around the family, but simple things that were always done well. A light has gone out of the family with her passing, but in another sense that light will never go out, it will always burn brightly. The love she had for them, the love that they had for her, that will always remain. St Paul says it well in the reading of today's Mass, that love itself never dies. And of course love is a thing that brings us to this place, and love is a thing that unites us with one another. In the waters of baptism, Mary died with Christ and rose with him to new life. May she now share with him eternal glory. Lord our God, the death of our dear sister recalls our human condition and the brevity of our lives here on earth. But for those who believe in your love, Death is not the end, nor does it destroy the bonds that you forge in our lives. We share the faith of your Son's disciples and the hope of the children of God. Bring the light of Christ's resurrection to this time of testing and pain. And we pray for Mary and for those who have loved her. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. From St Paul's letter, brothers and sisters, strive, strive eagerly for the greatest of spiritual gifts, but I shall show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, all faith, so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away everything I own, and if I hand my body over so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It is not pompous. 
It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. The Word of the Lord. From the Gospel of St. Matthew. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you or persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. You may recall that I celebrated the funeral mass for Charles Doherty on the 20th of December 2018. Even at that time there was concern for Mary's health. She was able to be present at the funeral mass but was frail. And over the time since, her health continued to be poor until the time that she had to be looked after at Southview Care Home. The staff were exceptionally kind to her in those last months and weeks of her life and it was there that she passed away just about a week ago. It's hard for her sons and daughters to think of their parents now gone, but it's one of the blessings of life to have parents into old age and well into your adult lives as well. God has been good to you. And you have time to reflect, this surely will be one of the blessings of life, to have your mum and dad with you all these years. They're always there and always near you. At the Mass, Robert gave a fine tribute to Charles's life, and in a few moments he will do likewise for Mary's life too. You'll be able to speak with great eloquence about what Mary herself has done and touched all of your lives and all of the life of the family. Today in the service, I've chosen two passages. One from St Paul, which reminds us of the importance of love, and the other passage, which is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Those words 
that St Paul says about love are beautiful but very tough indeed. He describes love not as a houseplant that is gently cared for, that needs the right amount of sun, no draughts, enough water, it has to be pampered to survive. But he describes love as being like a rugged wallflower, a wallflower that everything thrown at it, wind and rain and snow and ice, and it still survives. This is the kind of love that he speaks of, love that lasts the test of time, love that endures, love that keeps going, love that is always there. In life, there are a few places where we experience strong love like this, but one of the places that we experience is is a love of parents. They love us no matter what, they love us always, they love us no matter what we say or do, their love is strong and permanent, it lasts, it endures, whatever comes, that love does not come to an end. Today I'm sure that we sense that and we feel it as we think of Mary's life, her strong love, her care for each in the family over these years. The Gospel passage that I've read from is what is called the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Each time we listen to that passage, we must be struck by how it turns the world upside down. It's not the rich and the powerful that rule, but in the sermon it's those who are lifted up, the meek, the gentle, those who seek justice, they shall inherit the earth. We can't help being struck by these words, and you know yourself there are people in life who embody these words in the simplicity and gentleness and kindness of their life. They live the words and they shine out from them. They give good example and make us want to be like them, to live life, to be like them with a simple and pure heart. I'm sure we feel that about Mary today, that simple and gentle and kind way that she lived her life, bids us to find that road in life too, to live a good and kind life, generous and merciful, just and true. That's the kind of life that matters in the end. Robert will say a few words in a moment, but just to say a few words myself about Mary. She was born on the 1st of April 1931, grew up in King's Crescent. Her parents were Hannah and Pat Boyle, who had deep roots in Ireland. She had brothers and sisters. Two of the family still survive to this day. Her working life began in the cooperative, where she rose to the dizzying heights of being a manageress. She was smart and intelligent, and her husband and herself met each other on the boat to Ireland, not surprisingly. They were to be married at St Bride's. Children were Martin and Anne and Charles and John and Maureen. The family lived in Westburn Road, prefabs, and the, the prefabs, and then for many years at Woodlands Crescent. She was a great homemaker herself and could turn a hand to most things. Her soup making was legendary. She was simple in nature and liked simple things and simple living. Like music, 
like old films and of course was not much one for holidays over the years either. She's delighted to see the joy of her grandchild, to watch her grow up, achieve much and do well in life and she herself loved being a grandmother. She was without doubt one of those people who was very content in life. She enjoyed the company of friends and family, was at peace at home and with the daily routine of life. God's got his own way of guiding us through life and Mary no doubt felt that gentle guidance herself, that quiet reassurance and that loving presence. Today we come to the end of a long life that has been well lived and has meant so much to so many. She's reached the end. She's come to the place where the journey itself was leading, to that place of eternal peace with God himself. May she know that peace and blessing that God grants her. The busyness of life is over. The work has been done. The bags are packed for the journey. May she be at peace, and may God reward her for a good and kind life in heaven. I don't want you to get worried too much, but Robert's got a big bag here. He's like a book in the bag. words to say obviously but obviously Father Martin here has covered some of the things that I was going to say myself so if I do repeat what he has said I hope you don't hold that against me because it's no easy to do this especially when it's a relative but what I'm going to say maybe be a wee bit unorthodox in a way and it will not flow as smooth as I probably would have liked because I haven't really had time uh, to polish my act, if you like, and definitely don't have the experience that Father Morton has got at these kind of things. But I'm going to start off by reciting a poem by Robert Burns called Mary Morrison. And of course, wherever the word Mary Morrison appears, you can read Mary Doherty, if you prefer Mary Coyle. In a lot of ways, it kind of sums up for me uh, my Uncle Chas' relationship with Manny Mary. And uh, so therefore, if you like, my Uncle Chas becomes Robert Burns for this poem. O Mary, at thy window be, it is the wished, the trysted hour. Those smiles and glances let me see that make the miser's treasure poor. How blithely would I bide the stour, a weary slave for his son to son. Could I the rich reward secure, the lovely Mary Morrison? Yes, stream when to the trembling string, the dance gid through the lighted hall, to thee my fancy took its wing, I sat but neither heard nor saw. Though this was fair and that was braw, and yon the toast o' the tune, I sighed and said among them all, Ye are nae Mary Morrison. O Mary, canst thou wreck his peace? For for thy sake would gladly thee. Or canst thou break that heart of his, Whose only fault is loving thee? 
If love for love thou wilt na gi, at least be pity to me shown. A thought ungentle can he be, the thought of Mary Morrison. Now, of course, as Father Morton has said, you know, if we lived in normal times, which clearly we don't, this hall would be jam-packed with people. Or at least it should be. For Mary Doherty, or Mary Coyle, as she was always respectfully referred to when I was young, was without doubt one of the nicest persons who ever walked the surface of this or any other planet. She was one of those very few people you meet in your life for whom absolutely no one has a bad word. Unusual as that is, there was more to Mary than that. For whenever you spoke to people who knew her, everyone sang her praises in her various roles as daughter, sister, wife, mother, grandmother and neighbour, but perhaps most importantly, and as especially humane human being. Self-effacing and modest as she was, she would probably cringe at these words, but she truly was a lovely and special person in so many ways. As Father Morton again has said, she was born on the 1st of April 1931, the fourth child of 11 and second daughter of five, to devout Irish Catholic immigrants Hannah and Patrick Coyle, who had moved from their native Donegal several years before. Almost certainly the Coyles came to Cambus Lang rather than anywhere else in Scotland because they already had friends or relations here working in one of the several local collieries still extracting coal. In any case, shortly after their arrival, Patrick was doing the pit, working in arguably the most dangerous job in coal mining. He was a tunneler who dug out and often blasted out new roadways far below ground in order to give the coal cures access to the very narrow seams from which the coal had to be rested with pick and shovel. Patrick wisely infested the danger money he received for his work in the pit in opening a cobbler shop in Glasgow Road, Old Silver Banks, in a tenement flat above which Mary was probably born. We didn't their father's skills the Coyle children, unlike many of their schoolmates in the hungry thirties, always went to school with good shoes on their feet. From that address and from number 42 King's Crescent and the Mulligan's Mansions, Mary attended St Bride's Primary School, Canvas Land, for seven years, and then during the final two years of the war, the adjacent St Bride's Secondary. She was in the same secondary class as Betty Doherty, her future husband's younger sister, whose, John Ma- whose son John McLaughlin is here today. Even before she had left school, Mary was accompanied by her mother on the number 62 bus to Sword Street in distant Denison for an interview for a job in McBride's the Grocers. She got the job despite, or perhaps because of, the fact that under very nervous questioning, she mistakenly answered that there were 14 ounces and a pound weight rather than 16. The wily owner no doubt thought to himself that not only did Mary look and sound good, but 
that she was more likely to accidentally do his customer than do him. From McBride's, she moved to the Denison Cooperative, where for several years she worked her way up the ladder until eventually becoming the manageress of that very important East End institution. No shy by nature, Mary Coyle knew her worth and never shirked responsibility. Although she came from a very similar background and had lived in Cambuslang all her days, Mary had never met her future Cambuslang husband, Charlie Doherty, until they were both returning with respective family members from a summer holiday in County Donegal several years, several years after the end of the war. Mary suffered from chronic seasickness and was no doubt grateful for the bold Charlie's sympathy and help. The fact that he was tall, handsome and in the Doherty boy's trademark jet black hair wouldn't have been missed and she was a looker without a shadow of a doubt. Their mutual attraction was almost certainly instantaneous. But as you know, the path of true love never does run smooth. A keen poacher, both shooting and fishing, it took Chas several years before he finally landed the best catch of his life. Charlie Doherty and Mary Coyle were eventually married in St. Bride's Chapel, Canvas Lang in 1958. They had been married for just over 60 years when Charlie passed away on the 13th of December 2018. As father says, Mary had five children, three sons and two daughters, Martin, Anne, Charles, John and Maureen. She loved them all unconditionally and devoted her long life to caring for them and tending to their needs as best she could in the circumstances until almost the very end. With absolutely no bitterness in her voice, she would often describe herself as an unemployed housewife. A description, of course, which she was well aware is a massive contradiction in terms. Mary Coyle had no place in her heart for bitterness or any other negative emotion, nor had she the time for them, for she was always working for her family. Even at the age of 86, she was still expertly ironing John's many workshops and making homemade soup the likes of which young Charles's pals had never tasted. Though she was very much home-centred, she enjoyed the company of her sisters in shopping trips to Marks and Spencers in Argyll Street and to the shops in Hamilton. She was great in company and a great dancer at family weddings, etc. She liked most kinds of music and enjoyed the movies especially the old black and white films of Hollywood's golden era. The glamorous Betty Davis and Joan Crawford were her particular favourites. Mary had more than her fair share of sorrow in her life, tragically losing two close relatives during her 89 years apart from her husband. Her son Martin died at a ridiculously young age, 37, a psychological blow from which I think she never recovered. And in 2013, her favourite sister and lifelong confidant, Julie, was found drowned in the Clyde. Life can be cruel, as we all know, but it can also fortunately be kind. In spite of her enduring grief over Martin's death, she was overjoyed when Charles's wife, Christine MacLeod, 
gave birth on the 2nd of December 1993 to her only grandchild. She and Charlie both doted upon granddaughter Karine Doherty to the very end of their conscious lives. In closing, I should say that Mary's immediate family have asked me to express their heartfelt thanks for all the expert health care their mother received in the various NHS hospitals she spent time in during her last years of declining health. A similar thanks is due to the care workers. He comes along South View Care Home, where she spent her last 10 weeks. Mary died peacefully at half nine on Monday the 1st of June. In the age of corona, only her youngest son, John, was allowed to be at her bedside to hold her hand during her final moments, while her two devoted daughters, Anne and Maureen, watched through a window from the outside. I've got a number of people, neighbours, Mandy Mary and Shah, who I've been asked to mention here. When they were first married, they stayed with Uncle Cha's mother and father, Agnes and Bernard Doherty. My mother has left the house relatively recently, but my Auntie Mary, who's never married, was in the house as well. They were there for a few months, and then they moved to a ground floor, back in, back in kitchen, room and kitchen, basically, in a slum, for the want of a better word, just by Walsh's shop on the Western Road. They then moved to uh, the prefabs, Gateside Avenue, halfway, where they spent a few years before ending up in the Orlets in Woodland Crescent in the Cairns, where they stayed for 55 years, almost all their married life. I'm going to mention these people in a minute, but there are a couple of things I want to say. Firstly, to paraphrase the great traditional Irish song, I loved the ground she walked upon. For all who knew and loved her, Mary Coyle, or Mary Doherty, if you prefer, most definitely, and throughout her long life, graced the ground she walked upon. Before I mention the people that I've been asked to mention here, I want to tell you that about half past six this morning, in the rain, I paid a visit to Westbourne Cemetery, and I spent a few moments at the grave eh, Mary's oldest son, Martin, my cousin, and my four cousins here today, brother. I done it as a matter of mark of respect to Martin, but more important, I done it as a mark of respect to Manti, Mary Coyle, Mary Doherty. So the people who have been asked to mention are Anne McPake and family, Margaret McHugh, Patrick and Stephen Andrews, Pat and Jenny O'Brien, sorry I should say Jenny, Jenny O'Brien, should have got that one right because I was very friendly with her first husband, Charlie McIver, Darren and Wendy Boyle, Brenda Rutherford who used to do Manny Mary's hair, Esther Lafferty, and Charles Henry. And I should also, of course, mention Maureen's partner, Malcolm McCarroll.
difficult to do something like this, especially when it's somebody so close to you. But also, I'm glad that I was asked to do it. Is there a kind of symmetry to the thing? As the priest said earlier, I also said a few words uh, about Uncle Chatter. One thing maybe I should say in conclusion, you know, Uncle Chatter was my mother's favourite brother, favourite brother by quite a bit. And he was supposed to be the best man at our wedding, which was held in July 1955. And Charlie was up for it. But unfortunately, uh, how can I put this? Could maybe quote Bob Dylan. But I can't think what the quote is. Anyway, there had been a falling out between Mary and Charlie as lovers often do. And my mother and Cha had a long conversation. He was breaking his heart, basically, because he had said words that he shouldn't have said, cruel words. A trait that a lot of the Doherty's have got. Anyway, he was breaking his heart and he was looking for my mother's advice. And she said, look, get on your BSA motorbike, drive down to Ayrshire, get on that boat, Get to Donegal and make it up with Mary. Because by this time, my mother realised that Mary Coyle was the perfect match for my uncle Char. And she loved Mary Coyle, but she would love any of her sisters. And that's why, at the very last minute, it was my uncle Dan. He was my mother's best man, and no my uncle Char. He'd done a good job, don't get me wrong. But for my ma, they wasn't me, Uncle Charles. Thanks very much. Very nice words, thank you. God the Father Almighty, raise Christ the Son from the dead. With confidence we ask him to save all his people living and dead. For Mary, who in baptism was given the pledge of eternal life, that she may now be admitted to the company of the saints. For our sister who ate the body of Christ, the bread of life, that she may be raised up on the last day. And for all our deceased relatives and friends, and for all who have helped us, that they may have the reward of their goodness. And for those who have fallen asleep in the hope of rising again, that they may see God face to face. And for family and friends of our dear sister, that they may be consoled in their grief by the Lord who wept at the death of the friend of his, of his friend Lazarus. We pray together in the words that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.
Please join in our hymn in your booklet there. Into your hands, Father of mercies, we now commend our dear sister, in the sure and certain hope that together with all who have died in Christ, she might rise with him in the last day. Merciful Lord, turn toward us and listen to our prayers. Open the gates of paradise to your servant, and help us who remain to comfort with one another with assurances of faith, until we all meet in Christ, and are with you and with our dear sister forever. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Eternal rest, grant unto her, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon her. May she rest in peace. And may her soul and the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. And now may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. Please join in our final hymn. 